We hope you found value in part one of this podcast. Thank you for joining us for this second segment. Hello, and welcome to the Communication Solution Podcast with Casey Jackson and John Gilbert. I'm your host, Danielle Canton. Here at the Institute for Individual and Organizational Change, otherwise known as IFIOC, we love to talk about communication, we love to talk about solutions, and we love to talk about providing measurable results for individuals, organizations, and the communities they serve. Welcome to the communication solution that will change your world. Hello, welcome everyone to the Communication Solution Podcast with Casey Jackson and John Gilbert. I am Danielle Canton, and I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, We had another podcast where we dove into how do you use, is it possible to use motivational interviewing for your own personal growth and development? And if you didn't listen to the previous podcast, yes, the answer is yes. Oh my gosh, it's going to be essential and it's so um, such an incredible approach. But what that did was really reveal how much more there is to talk about this. Yes. So Casey and John, you're here. Let's dig in. And what else can we explore around this idea of really using uh, motivational interviewing to help us in our, our own growth? John, I'm going to kick it straight to you. You had 15 different thoughts when we were wrapping up. So I'll let you just start unfolding all 15. <laughs> oh, we'll see how clear I can be. But Casey, you had talked about culture. You had talked about blaming outside of yourself. And what went through my mind too is this thing of certain personalities are going to be more apt to be open to ex- new experience. Certain personalities are going to be more conscientious than others. So for different people listening to this, they might have a different um, level of going into this and being like, yeah, or a different level of, huh. But I say that because we all bring different personalities But if you're interested in some kind of self-reflection and some kind of growth, that's the prerequisite I think I just wanted to give voice to that's happening here. That is, in our trainings, we talk about is someone in pre-thinking about change, pre-contemplating stage of change. And if you're there or you're working with someone or thinking about something, you're inherently thinking about it. You're you're in a place of thinking about change. And the very fact that you're even considering self-reflection is, I just want to give voice to that. that. That's like the key to this. And that if you think everything is 100% fine and there's nothing wrong and you're right all the time and you're perfect all the time or whatever that is, this is something that is obviously inherently not going to be helpful uh, if that's your thought. So I just wanted to, to highlight that as a prerequisite going into this is there's there's an implication we've been getting at that you care about growth and you're not just seeking the isness of right now. And I just wanted to first start with that. And then there's a lot of other thoughts, but go ahead, Danielle, sorry. Yeah, I wonder if it might be helpful too, that of course, if you are interested in personal development and growth, that's going to be essential. So I appreciate that piece. And I wonder too, because some folks may not have heard the previous podcast, so a quick little recap of, yes, you can use motivational interviewing, the, at least the principles, the approach, um, the constructs to help guide you in your personal life for your growth and development. Um, it is possible. And I think what I heard you guys say in that previous podcast is it's it's an approach that really dials in on values. So if it can help you give you the blueprint is what you guys had mentioned, a blueprint for, okay, there's something in my life I want to change, or maybe that I'm not happy with it. Just, 
I have ambivalence. Um, I want to be healthy. And the example was my cholesterol's high, yet I'm not really feeling motivated to change my diet or exercise. Yeah. How can you use these tools to um, start getting to the behavior change that you want? So I kind of wanted to just do a little summary for those who may not have heard the previous podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll add a, a bit more structure around it as well, too. So the basic components, when you think of just the basic basics of motivational interviewing is, is there resistance or pushback, which means can we have resistance or pushback within ourselves about things? I can say very much so I can have those feelings of pushback or resistance inside of myself towards a change. I can want to debate that change within myself. Do I want to do it? Do I not want to do it? What's my rationale for wanting to move forward or stay stuck? Do I want to blame or do I want to make excuses? All of those are core constructs that you navigate in motivational interviewing. So if you're having that with an internal dialogue with yourself, then the core constructs of motivation can be implied because it's going to come down to why am I blaming everybody else? I can ask myself that question, which means in and of itself, I have at least some insight that I know that I'm blaming people and do I have this willingness to move beyond the Dunning-Kruger effect and just think that I'm right about everything and have enough humility to go, maybe I'm not right about everything, even though I feel like I am, but am I willing to entertain another perspective? Um, that's That in and of itself is a leap for, for sometimes brains to get through in our own process. But if you do, and you get into that, I always think of John going, huh, when John likes to do that, huh, thing. Um, as long as there's a huh in your brain, then it's like, oh, here's a point of potential ambivalence. Then I got mm-hmm. reasons why I'm stuck and reasons why I want to change. And that is the preface. That is the precursor to getting into the values, Simon Sinek values piece of it, the focus mountain, Casey Jackson version. Like that's the precursor is we can't even get into values. If you haven't even gone through the own debate or even willing to have that internal debate within yourself to see, is this applicable? with the net effect of how do I work to get my behavior to line up with what my values are, who I know I want to be and who I know I am as a person. I want to get my behavior to line up with that. I want to be who I espouse myself to be. I want to be who I envision myself to be. That's all of those constructs together encompass elements of motivational interviewing. So I just wanted to kind of lay that out as we're, as we're moving into this part too. I don't want to interrupt your your guys's uh, approach, but one quick question: You said blame other people, blame outside yourself, someone else. Does that apply yeah. to also situations like I'm going to blame my job, or I'm going to blame my neighbor? Uh, yes. no, no, I'm trying not to think of people, but I'm going to blame the weather. Yes. Okay. Or politics, or yeah, it the the complexity of this this is a whole separate topic but the yeah. complexity is is that the further we can push it away from us the less internal t- turmoil we have the more we get to have something to focus on outside of ourselves so we can shove that discord external and we're not wrestling with internal dissonance like wait did i screw up does my you know am i being the employee that i say i am if i you know could I really show up on time <laughs> and not just blame traffic and all these, like it, it, it just pushes a different thing, but our brain is so we need to get to reconciliation inside of ourselves quickly. So the, the quickest way that do that is to either blame or, or excuse um, is the quickest way to get to a reconciliation. If you don't get to reconciliation, you end up with a lot of internal conflict. Um, so 
the quickest way to offload those is to blame. The second easiest way is to make excuses. Um, which is why, which is why not everybody is charging, galloping forward into self-reflection. <laughs> yeah. It's uncomfortable, Danielle. This is where I want to, I want to jump in that we tend to seek comfort and we all do it. And we're just, you know, you hear the saying, we're creatures of habit and there's, you know, certain things we could get into with certain kinds of theories that will get out of that comfort for certain, you know, benefits there's also something here to speak about that we're not saying it's inherently right or wrong to focus outside yourself is what I want to just start with that there are, there's something, there's even a wonderful article called motivational reviewing and cultural constructivism. I was talking about this with someone in Chicago uh, some weeks back when we were at the international conference um, and I forget his name, one wonderful trainer, but uh, I say that because we grow up in these cultures that inform our narratives of our positive, negative, emotional response to things. And from that place, we might feel justified and or have evidence to show that this group or these people have treated me unfairly. And there's a place to have a whole conversation, but about righteous indignation and standing up for what you believe in and creating resistance. There's whole movements around that, that that's your choice to do that. It's that you got to be clear within yourself. How much am I making a response out of a reaction to something and focused outside myself? And how much am I going inside myself and asking myself, what do I have control over and what is really aligned with my values? And there's a difference that I feel we're getting at here that's between being more reactive and responsive and focusing and blaming and excuses, quote unquote, the stigma, blaming versus you can still stick up for what you believe in. And if anything, we're talking about that that's more aligned with MI. When you self-reflect, you go inside yourself and say, this is what I want to see in the world. This is what I want to be in the world. I think there's an important distinction between reactivity and consideration of who you're wanting to be. It doesn't mean you can't focus on changing things outside of yourself. It just means you're not reacting to them. You're responding to them is how they say in the like self-growth world. And I think that's a really important thing with everything going on these days with talks in politics and gender and uh, issues of race, just to recognize that how much are you focused on who you want to be and what you want to see. And that's the process. I think that's different there, Danielle, than just focused on blaming that person that cut you off in traffic. <laughs> I love how you just tied those things together because, you know, I think it's important for people to know they do have a right to express themselves, to share their opinion Absolutely. like you said, on these huge topics. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, please. Yes. Continue to speak up for what you believe in, but don't get caught up in it. Make sure it's what you believe in. Make sure you're you're looking at your role in all of it and your your alignment with your values. Was- you know, the the one thing I want to add to that, Danielle, as you as you pull that together, and I was thinking about it as John was talking, it's been my obsession with the whole trauma, trauma-informed stress, COVID, post-COVID, trauma, therapeutic trauma, little t trauma of, you know, all the abuses in the world when our brain gets more stressed and pressured, we move further and further away from our prefrontal cortex and away from our executive functioning, which is where our smart brain, smartest part of our brain processes from and um, that we know of. And when we get more stressed and pressured, we get more reactive. 
So all these reactions that you know you and John are both acknowledging very human are very brain human. Like as we get more stressed and overwhelmed, we don't think as sharply. We don't we don't we don't maximize the logical part of our brain. We get more into our emotional part of our brain, then we can get even, even to our survival part of our brain the more stress and pressure we feel, which means what are we going to do? We're going to make even more blaming outside of ourselves. We're going to pick more fights, we're going to make more excuses just based on stress load alone. You can see that. So there's these the the dimensionality of what we're talking about in terms of it's not just blaming other people. It's not just making excuses. It's because because I'm not willing to have insight into my own behavior. And I think that, that there is a category of people that can fall into that situation or situations, not people, but situations we can yes, fall into. Yes. Um, but there's also this part of it of to be able to have the awareness that it's like, I am so stressed and overwhelmed. I know I'm not making the best decisions right now. Even that is an awareness of it's like, I can feel I'm not on my game. How many times we hear people say that, especially COVID post COVID. Um, I know I'm not on top of my game. I know my brain's not firing the way I want it to. And I think this is what I'm obsessed with. This structure is if you can even start to get up into that part of your brain and go, I can feel this internal struggle inside of me. All of a sudden you have that blueprint again about, okay, if I want to be progressive in my development, how might I approach this? So it's not, it's not a mantra. It's not a ritual. It's not a checkbox thing. It's just more of a, a, a curiosity, a curiosity and an evolving relationship with yourself about how honest and how transparent do you want to be with yourself? And if you want to get really, really honest and really, really transparent, it means you're not going to be defensive. It just means you're going to be vulnerable, which is the opposite of defensive. And when you start to feel vulnerable, then you're not sure your next steps, which can perpetuate ambivalence, which is why then we move from once the ambivalence is there and is uncovered and revealed, then it's just that coaxing into who do you want to be? Who do you want to see yourself? How do you want to be perceived? And what would that look like if you, what would be one thing you would move in that direction to make you kind of start to step into that new reality? That's, that's just the basis of this model in general from a global perspective on it. Um, which so it's not a specific technique, it's not a specific thing per se, but there's definitely structure and direction to it. It feels like a, an, an approach, and something you just brought up for me is the stress piece. Um, the world is under an incredible Oof. amount of stress. People yes. are under an incredible amount of stress, and always, always. Yes. But COVID, post COVID, a hundred percent, people are dealing with traumas and stress and burnout. It's for the first time ever. I just heard you like talk about it in a way that made me think MI is actually what you train on is actually a tool to decrease stress. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I know we use the language <laughs> yes. of resistance and all this, but I'm like, yes. if you're applying it, I'm applying it to my personal life now and my, my, I'm sorry, not my personal life, my, my personal growth and development. Um, and I'm under high stress. If I apply it, all I'm doing is like giving myself an approach to say, wait a minute, I'm stressed out. First of all, realize what's happening here <laughs> and that quit judging and adding to that stress and getting aligned with what I really believe so that it can help me start sorting through what stress feels like, which is no control. Of- you know, Danielle, as soon as you see this, this is really, and the thing I'll distinguish even further, I mean, when you said that, it just, it even clarified it even further in my brain. It's the difference between developing coping skills and learning how to navigate to get to a better outcome. 
you can learn coping skills to get through stress and trauma. When the stress and trauma resides, it doesn't mean you're in the place that you want to be in. It just means you made it through. Mm-hmm. When you use this approach, it helps you navigate it. So that you're going to have the fi- you're in the middle of the fire anyway. It's that it helps you go when the fire goes out or if the fire ever goes out and I'm out of this fire, I'm in a better place than when I started, not I just survived the fire. So there's a profound difference between coping skills and navigating skills. Difference between coping, how are we going to get through this storm versus where are we going to be at at the end of the storm? That that there is a just a fundamental difference in in mindset and skill set between those approaches. And both are value-added approaches. Anything that helps people get through stress and trauma. Great. Their coping skills, great. But this is specifically how do you navigate them uh, with wow. a, with a, a specific, you know, idea in mind. I think John was spot on. This is a multi-part podcast. Yeah, yeah. Daniel, to that point, it, it goes deeper and deeper. And this is part of why it's been so wonderful with Casey over the years to pull back the onion layers, because now we're even talking about, because as you said what you said, I'm thinking a yes and, right? The classic improv here, because there's yes to what you said, they can reach a peace of mind. And there's also certain people, that's their key value, say trauma is to reach this place of peace, this place of peace at yourself. And that's a sense of peace, of freedom, They want to feel free from these emotions. And it's not to say there's not therapy out there that helps with these things. That is, there's a key place. MI is what we're saying though, is not inherently therapy. It's a framework to work from that tends to be reliable across cultures for most people most of the time. So we haven't got into how to use the focus mountain, but I just wanted to give voice to it's you going, well, what do I want? I want to feel better. Well, well, why do I want to feel better? What's that going to get me? And what's that going to get me? And if you just keep whying it and going deeper for yourself as best you can, again, it can be helpful to do out loud sometimes, for sure, is what the research shows. But I say, if you can do that for yourself, you're going to get clear what really, really matters. And what I wanted to bring up, Danielle, the yes and is that some people have have their peace of mind, the very lucky in my uh, biased uh, opinion, the lucky you know people that have that more peace of mind with the way things are going now, and they're they got that peace of mind and they're seeking fulfillment, right? So their value is different because they're burnt out or bored at their job and they're looking for more fulfillment in their life. And so this is a way for I just wanted to say there's a way to use it for if you have trauma and seeking out the feelings you seek rather than the stories that have happened. You know, that that Gabber Mate and people talk about this outside of MI, but it can be a guide with trauma potentially. It can be a guide for being stressed out. It can be a guide for having that much more happier and healthier of a life. Or it can be a guide if you're just discontented in these ways. And it allows for a framework depending on where you're at with what you're talking about, work life, personal life, depending on where you're at with that, it can be that you use it here with this thing and you use it off to the you know side of beginning thinking about it or the side of like really considering happier, healthier. That is uh, the other side to it. So I just wanted to give voice to that, that we could keep peeling back the layers. It depends on the person. It depends on the context they're in and the culture they grow up in. It depends on their beliefs. But the 
is their behavior aligned with their values is something we can consistently bring it back to. And quite honestly, I think we should do a whole thing. If you haven't heard the Focus Mountain on podcast, that we have that's multiple. Cool. We have multiple. Let's do that, yeah. John, because I yeah. think it's important. And I know Be the Change, the new training yes, you're doing, exactly. Casey, yes, exactly. we're going to really dive in and help people, I think, even figure out well, who is, what is my focus mountain? What are those values? Yes. I have? Yes, so exactly. let's definitely do another podcast in that. Thank you guys so much. I know you both have to run to training. So thank you for, for this great episode. And I look forward to uh, the next one. And, oh, thanks. any you guys, listeners, Casey, email Casey at ifioc.com ideas, suggestions, feedback. We love it. Keep it coming. Please love it. Thank you. All right. Take care of this. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Communication Solution Podcast with Casey Jackson and John Gilbert. As always, this podcast is about empowering you on your journey to change the world. So if you have questions, suggestions, or ideas, send them our way at Casey at IFIOC.com. That's C-A-S-E-Y at IFIOC.com. For more information or to schedule a training, visit IFIOC.com. Until our next communication solution podcast, keep changing the world.